0: With me today are life coaches Cindy Chavez and Jackie Gates. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Except for one little detail, and that is that Cindy can't join us today because she's still dealing with... With the aftermath of Hurricane Ira in her town. So, but we'll be thinking about her. I, I, I shouldn't assume you got the same news that I did that her family's doing well. Everything's great. Everybody's which is wonderful. fine.
1: Yes. Yeah. Just, just the usual, you know, post hurricane stuff to handle for sure.
0: Exactly. So, you know, it's going to be a little while perhaps before some of them get their power back. But, uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. think it was oh, nearly 800,000 people in Louisiana alone missing power. So yeah, yeah. a lot going yeah. on there.
1: It's, it's always that because they have such beautiful trees and mm-hmm. part of, you know part of the price of it we yeah. used to have that, the same thing happen in savannah when we lived there oh you, you know, did okay if, if there was a big a big wind you're guaranteed to lose power because of yep. the trees which is why you love savannah you know
0: absolutely so, sure yeah so there are yeah. trade-offs but um yeah hopefully everything's going to work out okay for any anyone who's uh in that area our thoughts and prayers go out to you and and we're Hoping and praying for you to have that great recovery that you all deserve. Yes. Um, but meanwhile, Jackie and I are going to hold down the fort today. Um, and I've got some cool stuff to talk about before we actually get into talking about stuff. Um you tell? Because, Yeah, I've got some announcements. I, I think you actually know about one of them, but I wanted to give a few of them here. First is coming Friday. We have a special guest, and I'm going to see if I can say the name properly. Give me a moment to pronounce it. It's Zehra Mahoon. And she is a very interesting life coach who has a very interesting take on how to overcome resistance points. So it's going to be kind of a fun um, interview that we're going to do on Friday. And then on Monday, Monday's like the really exciting day, because Monday we've got Bob Doyle from The Secret joining us here on the show. And this is like a breakthrough moment for us, because this is the first actual original member of the, the cast of the movie The Secret joining us on the show. So like I am stoked. I am totally stoked that this guy's yeah, coming on the show.
1: Seriously, big time now. Seriously. Yeah.
0: No <laughs> kidding. Yeah, like, oh, my what? goodness. So we we made it. Hey. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely.
1: That is so very, very cool. I can't it's, wait.
0: Uh, it's so exciting. It's really, really exciting. What's interesting, too, is the, um, the promo materials that uh, his uh, representative sent along to me indicate that he's no longer using the phrase law of attraction. He's teaching the same concepts, but he's doing it from what you might call a real world perspective, just, you know, in terms of what science has to say and psychology has to say and so forth. So it's going to be really interesting to hear how he's kind of turned all the cons- concepts around so that a broader audience can accept it without getting hung up on the woo woo. So it's going to be good.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's, it, it never fails to amaze me how the, the stuff that we've taken as woo um, just more and more as we're discovering quantum science and physics and all this stuff with just, and the brain science and neuroplasticity and all this kind of stuff. Right. It's affirming what we know. Yeah. Not, not making it like, like the kooky people are starting to sound really sensible and wise, you know, and, <laughs> and avant-garde. And it's just like, Oh my God, how did you know that? They have only just discovered it. It's like, yeah, you know, that, you know that saying that any, what is it, um, something about any science that's advanced enough will look like magic? Oh, sure, um, right, well, exactly. I think magic waits for science to catch up. That's what I think.
0: That, well, that's a fair perspective. I mean, because it's, yeah. it's really just two ways of looking at the same thing. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that's right. true. Right,
1: yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the fact that the sun came up uh, every time and, you know, and the, the stars moved the same, that was seen as magic until we worked out how it was. Um, and, and yeah.
0: many of us recognize it as magic to this day because it's so magical.
1: It's still magical, but the thing is right. that science has caught up with an explanation.
0: Right? Yes. Oh, yes. And
1: so, and so I am going to be fascinated to find out what Bob's
2: done
0: with oh, this. Oh, me too. Very this is, cool. This is going to be fun. And, and he was one of the more interesting presenters. I mean, not that any of the presenters were bad in the secret. They were all good, but he had, there, there was something about the way he talks in the film mm-hmm. that it's just instant engagement. Like, yeah, you want to, you, you kind of trust this guy and you want to hear what he has to say.
1: Yeah, and of course, and you know the the whole touch thing, the, the the messages from the universe or thoughts from the universe, or whatever. Um, that those were just <laughs>
2: they
1: have been they have been the right thing at the right times for so many times mm-hmm. that I can't even I can't even number them anymore. It's just like somehow they just land, and you go. Oh, my God, how did he know? <laughs> Checking your software in case he's listening. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it is, it's been really very, very cool to watch him, you know, watch the arc. I mean, he was already famous uh, when The Secret came out, but now it's yeah, a lot just scary.
2: And it's always were. cool
1: to see a body of work evolve, right? Yes. So instead of just staying the same. I love that. Yes.
0: So very exciting. No doubt about <laughs> that. And then the very next day, we're going to have a visit. From a gentleman named Master Lama Rasaji, he is one of only twelve master lamas in the world, and nice. I'm thinking this is like this is going to be seriously cool. I mean, I, I nice. I'm kind of wondering. Normally, I'm very proud of my ability to ask insightful questions. I'm not sure if I'm going to have enough insight to answer, to ask the question this guy can deep down go to. I mean, we're just gonna have to find out. I don't know. Well, I I don't know what to expect here, but I,
1: I would imagine your questions are going to be fabulous because you'll ask the questions that your listeners are thinking.
0: Well that's that's what I try to do. That's exactly what I try to do. So thank you. That's a vote of confidence. I need that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: then next Friday, the, not this coming Friday, this coming Friday is uh Zihra Mahoon, but the following Friday, David Strickle and the streamer David are gonna be joining us again. So the next ten days or so are gonna be really, really cool. Really
2: good be so good. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's gonna yeah. be great. And of course, uh, by next Wednesday, of course, Cindy will be back at that point and uh the two will become three again. I'm c- gonna be really curious to see what stories she has to tell coming out of that particular experience. Because she and her husband I and mean, well actually you all all you have to do is check the weather forecast. You know, okay, it's time to move out. They moved out, they moved to Dallas, Texas, and they've been there ever since dealing with stuff kind of by phone and by internet and so forth. Um, but even with that, there are gonna be stories in there. And I'm just oh, yeah. I, I
2: yeah,
1: can just yeah. hardly
0: wait to find out what those stories are going to be. So
1: yes, absolutely. Be yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But in the meantime, we're going to just carry the mantle forward here a bit. Um, I see JB saying hello in the live stream. Hello, JB. Thank you very much for dropping in. Um, I wanted to just kind of tag on to the whole disaster scenario because there are there are a few factors that are that are interesting from a law of attraction perspective. The first one being that they happen. And when we recognize, especially those of us in energetic law of attraction circles, when we recognize that we are the creators of our own experience in all areas, including the areas that are most you know, uncomfortable, then when a hurricane comes along, we have to, at some point admit. Uh, I guess we probably did attract that in some way, but that's a tough kind of a concept.
1: No, I, you said the key piece here. We are the curators and creators of our own experience. We are not the curators and, and, Creators necessarily of the circumstance, well, that's only a good point. our experience of it.
2: Mm, that's right.
1: Good so you've got Eli Weasel um, in in Auschwitz, right, curating a, a an experience that is vastly different to how everybody else there experienced that. True. So you have people who navigate natural disasters with way more aplomb and mm-hmm. optimism and resourcefulness than others do. And you have people that will stub their toe and have it ruin their day.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It is not, we have to make sure that we are like, we refer to it as a disaster, but the planet doesn't see it as a disaster no. the doing what the planet does. Right. Um, there, there is, there's a, There's a balance here where we have to, um, I talk about the difference between evidence and events. An event is something that happens outside of you. It is co-created. It's something like a hurricane. It Mm -hmm. is something that you experience. And evidence is, is an, is an event, is an event that is created through you. So for example, um, you know, you experience a hurricane, that's an event. There's nothing you could have done to prevent it, change it, change its course, nothing. It's just, it's an event. Therefore, taking responsibility for the circumstance is daft. It's not yours. But taking responsibility for your experience of it and how you navigate it, that's different. And then when you have things that happen through you. So, for example, you win the Oscar. For, yeah, yeah, okay, or a yeah, I wonder why you think
0: about that one. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> but you win some grand award and people go, oh, I did nothing. They are making that an event instead of evidence of who they are. And so ah. they're, not, they're not curating and creating. They're not seeing themselves as part of that. And we do it the wrong way around. We take the crap stuff and make ourselves responsible for it, and then we gloss over our successes. It should be the other way around. True. But we're always curating and creating an experience of a circumstance. Not necess- There's too much co-creation. We are working with a planet that has literally a mind of its own. Mm. We work with bodies that have minds of their own. We're collaborating always, but we curate our experience and create it. That is entirely our control. We can choose our thoughts. We can choose our attitude. We can choose the story we want to experience. Um, I was teaching in a class this morning and saying, you know, um, you can decide who you want to be when this thing ends. -hmm. And then just navigate towards that. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you know, if you start your your like a Monday morning and you think, "Oh my God, I'm going to be horizontal by the time five o'clock comes," (laughs) sure as hell you're going to be horizontal by five o'clock comes. And on Monday, oh okay, it's it's going to be it's going to be stressful, but I can see myself sitting down to dinner thinking, "Hey, I did this. I I Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted and I'm tired, but I made it through and." You know, I'm really pleased with how things went there's the difference the circumstance of Monday is the same office workers co-creating with you planetary stuff going on governments doing their thing all of that is your your circumstance to work with and collaborate but your attitude your thoughts about it the story you tell the way you show up that is your role
0: in co-creation. Yeah, there's a few points that you make there that, that I really like, particularly making reference to the co-creative aspect. It's a topic that we probably should talk about a little bit more often than we do here on the show because it's a pretty important topic. But what it directly implies is that most creation takes place with a lot of influences from a lot yes. of different perspectives. A lot of, I mean, And like you point out, the earth is alive, but literally everything is alive. There, oh, yeah. there really is, there's really no such thing as dead matter. It doesn't exist.
2: No. <laughs> Everything exactly. is
0: alive. Everything has energy. Everything is part of source energy. Everything originates from source energy. So it's all alive. The whole thing is. And when you understand that, then it becomes really easy to understand what you're talking about. How, yeah. I, I, well, I call it a disaster because that was a nice way to create a headline on it. But I know it's not really a disaster. <laughs> you
2: ticked, thank you. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to do something right to get everybody's, oh, my goodness, there's a disaster. They're talking about a disaster. Got to get something going, right? But um it, it really isn't a disaster. It is an event. Like you said, it's a co-creative event. And it was created not by one source, not by two sources, not by, well, I guess one great big source in, in that sense, but by many, 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 many sources. All yeah. contributing various perspectives, ideas, and all decades that focusing of together.
1: them, even. You know, because mm-hmm. you think about what causes the hurricane. We're having extreme weather. We have mm-hmm. decades and generations of people who have co-created mm. this thing that we're experiencing now. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, yeah. Right?
1: And so the only thing we're responsible for is who we'll be in the moment.
0: Yep, yep. And, and that's actually a powerful position because – like you were describing, it's a disaster only if you think of it as a disaster. It's an event if you think of it as an event. And that's where the experience part of it comes into it, because we get to decide how we're going to think of it. I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest, there are some people who look forward to things like There are There are like storm chasers who like yes. they, their life is, you know, going right into the heart of this crazy oh, yeah. wild maelstrom and just saying, yeah, let's get as much measurement as we can here.
2: I know, right?
0: And yeah, the rest of us watch the movie and say, are you people crazy?
1: <laughs> and it always amuses me that one of the top five stressors of, um, the top three stressors of humans is to move house. Moving house is my biggest adventure. I have moved mm. house eight times in 10 years. I love moving home. In wow. fact, we're about to re sign a lease and it's like, mm, okay, well, all right, I like it here. It's good. We'll, we'll be all right for another year. But I'm already <laughs> going.
0: You've already got the next. Just look at that, that <laughs> condo that's
1: on, you know, on show. And I thought I'd have a look at this new block they building <laughs> because it's part of my reinvention. It's part of, it's part of my evolution. I love it. And you know, mm-hmm. we we sold up a four bedroom home down to eight suitcases, and we brought two kids to this wow. country, um, and we knew one person on the entire continent. And all I could think of what. It was what an adventure it was and how mm-hmm. divine and how I was going to make the American dream come true. And that's what happened.
2: But that's I have true.
1: colleagues from South Africa who came over with not quite the same attitude who didn't find it as, as easy to settle in and settle down. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, so it is this thing. And, and the cool thing, as as you pointed out, we do have absolute control about how we How we choose to face something, how we choose to label it, what story we choose, um, what we, how we're going to show up for it. Um, But the cool thing is, we can prepay that to use Esther Hicks' thing. We can decide in advance. Um, We can say, you know, okay, we're relocating for the hurricane, but oh my god, we get four nights in a hotel. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) You know. What a story we're going to have to tell. And if you want a road trip, here's your road trip. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's this kind of a thing. It, it, it is, I'm not, I'm not diminishing experiences. There are some experience. Humaning is hard. Sometimes it can be really hard to navigate. However, when we abdicate the power that we have to the outside events, that's when we are literally in, in victim mode. Because, Which, by the way,
0: is what most of us do most of the time. Let's be honest; that's the way mo- most people navigate life.
1: It's a, it's a, it's kind of taught, yeah. Because yeah. Um, as kids, we are we're told what to do. We're punished if we don't do it. We're we're mm-hmm. we're controlled. And, yeah. and when small people are, some people, small people need to be controlled to a certain degree so that they'll actually survive. But at the same time um there gets to be a point where you have to go okay this really is my choice mm-hmm. and and what one needs is a coach or a mirror or a podcast that asks us questions to say have you thought about what you're thinking about this
0: <laughs> i like that nice phrasing yeah
1: because that's what it is like and and the words you use because i i i call them the words are spelling Right, that's it's a spell mm-hmm. the words you use are a spell you create your reality through what you speak in the beginning was the word it's not a coincidence that these things are here so the mm. words you use to describe an event will shape your experience of it
0: mm. yes and, and it's not just the words actually this is a, a point I made in a conversation I had on social media recently it, the words are important don't get me wrong but it's actually the feeling behind the words like, I, so I could cool. say a word in a in a very, you know, victim mode kind of, I'm afraid, I'm lacking uh, sense. And that that's one very strong meaning. So I could say, oh, I really want that. That's yeah. a very strong meaning. But I could say, "Ooh, I want that. It's an entirely yes. different feeling True. to it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's such other joys of English, right? I just yes. found something that's called capitanums. Cap- what is it? I- capitonyms, like synonym okay. and antonym. This is capitonym, And it is a word that changes its meaning when you capitalize the first letter. So, oh. for example, March and uh-huh. March. Okay. If March has a capital, it's a month. Um, Polish and Polish.
0: Oh, yes. Okay.
1: And I had no idea. I'm such a, a sort of grammar nerd, and I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know that existed. There's a whole slew of them. Um, and it's just like, Ah, there you go. But yeah, you know, this is this is the the, the the nuance and the joy of the language that
2: we can use.
0: And language is, is not only powerful, but it's also different from language to language. I mean, oh, each sure. language has its own idiosyncrasies. I mean, English is probably the most idiosyncratic of all the romantic languages anyway, um, mm-hmm. just because there, there are so many multiple meanings to words. Most other languages don't have quite as much of a wide diversity of meanings that we apply to words in English. But all, all languages have these idiosyncrasies and they all have these little, these fun things. That, that, yes. That's what I think of that. That's a fun thing, right? That's like a little yeah, fun yeah. fact kind of a thing. Um, so I could no, I could, that's one way that's the way I look at it. I could also look at it as, oh my God, this language is impossible.
2: Uh, I think
1: <laughs> if you were learning it as a second or third language, you Perhaps. Probably... I, I might
0: actually do that like do I really why is how did this language end up being the dominant language on the planet? This is crazy. Right. I mean come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh my no, right
1: it is, it is it is it's not something that I was I'm very glad i I grew up. English because I have enough trouble with learning other languages in in South Africa (laughs) there are 11 national languages
2: are there really we have
1: 11 official languages and you had to when I was growing up um you had to learn three English Afrikaans and the the language of the people who lived in your region so Mm -hmm. mine was the same as Nelson Mandela you had to learn to be able to graduate Okay. Thank God you didn't have to actually pass it to learn, to
2: graduate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so this is this is the thing, right? Languages are glorious, and ours is, and and we can use ours, whichever ours is, to shape our experience, to add energy to our our thoughts and experiences.
0: Let me ask you something about the feeling side, because I do think that's a really important side, and that's one of the reasons I brought it up feeling the way i think about feeling is feeling emotion is is kind of like the um the power behind it's it's like hitting the gas i mean the thought process is what creates but the feeling process is what what puts the power behind the thought process that's the way i think about it and the more that we think about something the more that we build up the feeling associated with it that was that for me that was a huge breakthrough moment when i finally learned that I, I mm-hmm. wish I could honestly say that I learned it on my own. No, I got it from like Esther Hicks or the other great teachers like that. Yeah, but when I finally grasped it, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but, but I did finally get it. And when I got it, it was like, Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. I had no idea. That's how a belief actually, a belief is a thought you think over and over again. Just mm-hmm. the repetition of it helps turn it into a belief. Like, Oh my goodness. Well, no wonder. Now I understand how, for instance, you know, um, propaganda works. Okay. I finally get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, makes yeah. makes total sense now. Yeah,
1: and how most of us can sing a jingle from our childhood.
0: Right. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: you know, it's like Pepsodent. People know. You know. Yeah. You wonder yeah, where you, the yellow went when you, you know, People
2: know right. these things. That yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, you go back long far enough, and depending how old the person is, you, all you just say do is just say one half of a phrase, and they can fill in the rest of the phrase for you. Oh, yeah. Just, just because of those associations that come from the repetition. So th- that's my view of what feeling is. The feeling is really like the gas behind, you know, making the engine really rev up into, into, um, high rev. But the thought process is what basically just shows you where you're going. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's the, uh, the creation direction maker. I'm wondering, it's, I, I kind of get the sense that, yeah, you're in agreement with that. But how do you think about feeling when you're thinking about the whole process? the emotion side of it where how how do you kind of bring that into your own thought process
1: my thought about this is a little different in that yes i think feelings add juice but we are fundamentally not a feeling universe we're a focus universe really it is that is that that's what quantum physics shows us and what okay. what is it you, the repetition is the key. The focus is the key. The feeling helps you focus. Because if you feel good about something, you'll keep that. You'll, you'll keep focusing on it, right? If, you, if you're wanting something, you'll focus on it. Um, but then also the feeling of when we don't want something, when we're resisting something and it stays, that shows us that the feeling doesn't matter as much as the focus. We are focused on that thing. We're resisting it. We're giving it all this energy and all this attention. And that's why it sticks. Mm
2: -hmm. That's
1: why what you resist persists. It's not about how you feel. It's about what you focus on. But when you can choose something that's really good to focus on and you whack a lot of feeling behind it, then you've got a twofer, right? Then you Mm -hmm. really got to make the magic happen.
0: Okay. Well, that makes sense. Uh, I, I guess, uh, I hadn't really thought about it in terms of focus. That's a good way of, of kind of bringing it all into focus. Uh, but, but to, to, I guess what I'm trying to drive at is the, the, the feeling portion of it is, I, I do think of it as a feeling universe. And when you say, no, it's not a feeling universe. It's a focus universe. I kind of like stop for a second. Like, oh, is it really? Maybe it is. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be kind of cogitating on that one for a bit. But for me, the, the, the reason I like the idea of it being a feeling folk, uh, feeling universe is that, Going back to the example of somebody who is focused on stuff that they don't like, we focus on stuff that we don't like really intently. And, and you made made a comment that we often talk about here in, in, you know, conscious creation circles. Well, we tend to focus on stuff that we don't, that, that we like, that, we, that feel good to us. But we actually spend a lot of time focusing on stuff that doesn't feel good to us. And it can Rainbow. actually be quite addictive.
1: Yes, you know? absolutely. It's a chemical. Mm-hmm. So it
0: kind of so it kind of raises the question. Well, you know, do we really focus on what we like because we spend a whole lot of time focusing on what we don't like?
1: <laughs> no, we we don't focus on enough on what we like. That's why the happiness is fleeting, right? Mm. This is what mm-hmm. this is the thing we have to change. Is that we focus way too much on what we don't want. We focus on the feelings that feel. That's why find a better feeling thought. Um, you know. The, Esther says get happy. I don't even think you have to get happy. I think you have to just get neutral as far as that's, that kind of thing is concerned. Neutral
0: is a big improvement, no doubt.
1: Yeah. Neutral is a huge improvement. And from mm-hmm. there you can decide where the happy lies, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think, I think that if you can find something to focus on that you don't resist, that's huge.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right.
1: And, you know, it's a, Bob Doyle said thoughts become things. So, and he talked about, in, in The Secret, he talked about lying on the couch visualizing for five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so that's a daily focus. That was a daily focus. And he added feelings to it. But mm-hmm. the focus is part of it. You know, he, it, those two things together are dynamite. But... But focus, I think, in my experience, focus will outweigh feeling. You don't have to feel good while you're doing it. You just have to feel neutral and not resistant. But when you start to feel good, you know, when I started, then you're really, then you're starting to chug forward at a much faster pace.
0: But it still raises that interesting question that I think is probably going to be discussed for generations until the whole thing really, 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 really shifts. And that is why is it if we spend so much time focusing our idea, our, our intention on, I'm going to focus on what I like. And then we finally get to a neutral place and, and in that neutral place that we start to reach for, Oh my God, I'm reaching for the stuff I don't like again. There's that, it's, it's like we've got this long drawn out, you know, over centuries, Momentum that's been built up, and oh I, I just have to keep looking over there it's 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 like people going to the the, the stock car races to see the car crashes you know, we're we're constantly looking the, for the car crashes
1: here. same kind yeah. of, thing. but you know but this is this is part of humaning our human brain is designed to keep you safe
0: which is odd in this context <laughs> uh oh screen freeze, oh no. Oh dear. Okay. Well, while Jackie is trying to reconnect, I will take a moment to just remind people of what we're talking about with Bob Doyle. That uh, he is going to be a guest on the show um, next Monday, which is going to be really, really exciting. Um, He is, of course, one of the original presenters in the movie *The Secret*, and of course in the books as well. Um, And it's going to be a lot of fun because, well, first of all, he's the first person from *The Secret* who is going to be on on the show. But secondly, He is, as I said earlier, he's he's trying to revamp and reword and reorganize how we present the concepts involved in talking about the law of attraction without using the phrase law of attraction. So if you are interested in asking a question to Bob... And it's going to be well worth uh, asking questions if you have them and you want to be part of the live stream, by all means, join us. We'll be doing it at uh, 4 p.m. New York time here on Monday. That'll be Labor Day here in, in the United States for people who are in America. Um If you want to just send in a question in advance, I'd be happy to, to take your question and ask it to Bob during the show. So just take advantage of the usual methods of contact through the app or through Facebook or or uh, just send to my email address, net whatever it's going to take. That's fine. And I'll be happy to, to include your question in the conversation. But I can tell you this, the questions that I'm going to be asking are going to be about where he's at now. I mean, yes, uh, we'll, we'll mention briefly where he came from, you know, how he got into the secret and all that. But we're going to move quickly into where his thought process is now. Because the secret came out, let's see, that was 2006, I think it was, that that movie came out. So that's, uh, what, 14, 15 years ago? 15 years is a lot of time for a person to continue to develop. And I think about somebody like Bob, who at that point in time had developed so incredibly to the point where he was, well, he was involved in the secret. He, you know, he was Bob Doyle. Um, then I think about, okay, what's happened in the 15 years since then? That's what's going to be really cool to find out about. It. I, I got the feeling that he's going to come onto the show. And he's going to give us concepts that we hadn't even considered yet, which is quite a feat, actually, now that I think about it. Because I've been doing the show now for, it'll be nine years this month, nine years ago, uh, in September of uh, 2012 is when I started the show. And I know how much I've grown in that time. I can only begin to imagine how much he's, he's grown in that same period of time and beyond. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Not sure what happened to Jackie. She kind of dropped off there. Hopefully there's not so, oh, here she comes. She's getting back in here. And yeah, okay.
1: Oh, no! Hello! Years. My whole, the whole, all the internet went down for a minute. Everything so. went
0: down. Okay. Yes,
1: everything. I've got another PC here and it was like, ah, oh, everything died. Anyway, <laughs> we're here. Yay!
0: <laughs> well, that's a good thing. That's alright. I just took a moment to remind everybody about the Bob Doyle visit. So this is all a very I'm good thing. I'm
1: so excited about that. So- oh,
0: he's gonna be great. He's, uh, it's-
1: And you get him all to yourself.
2: <laughs> I'm so impressed.
0: Well, Not all to myself. I have to share them with my listeners.
1: Oh,
2: yeah, I know.
0: And my Monday (laughs) co-hosts, too, you know. (laughs) In fact, I I was just telling listeners, they can actually send questions in, or they can be part of the live stream to ask questions, too. So it's going to be good,
1: yes. I was going to say that. They're going to have
0: questions as well. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah, you get somebody of his stature on there. I was also commenting. I mean, it was 15 years ago. I was figuring it out while I was talking. 15 years ago that The Secret came out
2: really and Bob
0: and Bob Doyle yes 15 years ago Bob Doyle had achieved an amazing amount of growth in his own life to the point where he was invited to be a part of the secret yes imagine how much more he's done in the 15 years since then
1: incredible, incredible.
0: so I mean I, I'm anticipating he's going to be sharing ideas that we hadn't thought of before
2: mm-hmm.
0: because when you are that advanced you are coming up on stuff you're, you're break you're, you're among the people breaking the new ground right
2: oh, you're the yeah, ones you're, you're, the, you you're one of the
0: ones who are, no, that's fine. You're, you're one of the ones who are just, you know, like leading the way to everybody else. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I don't know if we can get so it all in, in one hour, but we're going to try to. <laughs> <laughs> good
2: luck with that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I
0: appreciate that. But anyway, we were talking about um, the energy and, um, and, and how um, emotion plays a role in that. And more importantly, how the focus plays a role. And I'm not sure what thought you were, um, caught on when when the whole thing went completely there for a second there but um let's let's just kind of return there and and kind of tie that up together if we can um because i think you were making an important point and if i can kind of paraphrase it you you were basically driving at the idea that our energy and our focus not only create our our experience but they create the the um the way that we handle that that long-term momentum because we were talking about um Old energies, negative energies, energies that we were really? trained into and so forth, how they build up over time. And and our our focuses tied up into that. Yeah, um, in fact, I think the question I was trying to kind of address was, well, you know, how is it that we continue to get drawn back to it? Well, we want to focus on stuff that we like, but we keep focusing on, oh, my God, the car crashes. You know, we, we keep diving into that thing over and over and over again. It's like we're, we're addicted to it.
1: We are vaguely, I mean, sort of chemically we could be, but it is mm-hmm. it is this case of our brains are warning systems, they are designed to keep us safe, they don't give a damn about how we feel, really.
2: mm-hmm. they yep. just
1: want us breathing and preferably vertical, although that's also optional, right? So it's there <laughs> yes. to keep us safe. Um, when you see a car crash, it's information. It goes, oh, look, see, that could happen to you. So next time I jump up and down mm. about you or driving too fast, mm-hmm. this is the piece of information I'm going to throw at you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and unfortunately, I, I wish I could do a study about this because we've always had – people have always told people stories, right? So sure. we all hear – uh, like there were hurricanes before Katrina. Oh, yeah. But we didn't have the technology to see it the way we did. We didn't right. have the technology to watch it happening. And I wonder how that shapes the human experience of stuff. Mm. Because, um, you know, when 9-11 happened, there was some, I can't remember what the the things were, but there was some measurement of energy And it spiked at exactly that time. People just suddenly, the global attention went on that one event. Mm -hmm. Um, And if we go before media, before internet, before all this kind of thing where stories only passed person to person, I would be intrigued to see how we may have handled things differently. We may have not expected not being quite so certain of disaster,
2: mm. not so
1: certain of um, a particular outcome. I, it, it would just be really interesting. But what I do know is that the media adds to the feeling and the attention that we give to certain things. It is designed to, um, to lean on the stuff that makes our brain go, oh, I need to know that, mm-hmm. right? Which is invariably the crappy stuff. It's invariably the stuff that'll keep you safe and small. Remember that your brain Mm. does not want you to change.
2: This is not
1: what it's designed for. So things that, things that feel expansive and easy and joyous and graceful and, oh yeah, hell, I can handle that. That's a very different energy, and attitude than you're going to get from most reports of anything, really. Which is why I love things like the Paralympics. You know, you can, you can have, you can see people who have obviously been through majorly traumatic events, and you can see how they have taken, made it evidence of a different version of who they are. They're not going to say, I lost my leg, therefore I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm miserable and I can't do this and I focus on all the things I can't do. Hell no, I'm going to go and win a gold medal in the Paralympics, right? And, and there is this, this, this shift that you make. Um, I'm a huge Formula One fan and there was a young man who had a horrific crash and lost both his legs at the kneecap. What he said afterwards in one of his later interviews, now you're talking about a young man who is on the cusp of multi, multi, multi-million dollar career, right? Right. And was just getting to where he was starting to win. He was really on the cusp of excelling at the sport. And he said for the first week he was disconsolate. He was, he, he was convinced that his life as he knew it was over, which was true. His life as a Formula One driver was sure. over. But he said, as he was in the hospital bed, the Paralympics came on. And he was able, he said the timing, God was on his side was how he phrased it. The timing, the Paralympics was on and all he could see were people like he was then who didn't let it stop them. And he is now representing his country in Paralympic sports. Wow. Right? So this is the difference where you take a circumstance and your decision of the story you tell about it is what's going to change everything. This is where personal power is. This is where you are your own God. You, you, in this moment, in this decision, you get to change everything. Not by changing the outsides, but by changing how you collaborate and show up for them.
0: Which is amazingly powerful and major, majorly empowering.
1: Mm-hmm. That's and what yet, I got from The Secret the first time I read it. And it was really? Just, that, I,
0: that was your first thought?
1: That was my first thought. I was, oh. I was okay, so here's the confession. I was brought up a, a, in a convent. I was a convent girl. Really? I was always told that God was, you know, God was everything in charge and was going to smite you if you stepped out of line. Right. Such well, I think
0: the, we were all taught that. Anybody, yeah, at least in Christian circles, we were.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and Irish nuns are very good at the smiting part.
0: They certainly are. They're <laughs> very good at that. Yes. Well-known worldwide, yes. actually. <laughs>
1: and I had not realize just how much personal power I had abdicated to that story. Mm. So when I read The Secret and suddenly it said, you are in control here. You get to choose how you show up. Yes. Yes, there is a, an all that is out there. Because, you know, the planet and people and everything, that's not your concern. That's all that is, is concern. But where you are now, you are a fragment of that. You are able to change. You You can choose your thoughts and your thoughts can become things. That blew my mind. And that was where everything started to change for me. That's where I started doing the acting as if part. And I immersed myself in law of attraction. And I started... Writing my life like I wanted it to be and then acting as if it had happened and boom, oh within God. six months changed my whole life. So yeah, this is, this is the piece that we have to, have to take back. We have to reclaim our realm and our realm is in our heads.
0: I often think about the fact that we are all, um, to use the modern term, we're all part of source energy. Yes. Um, I think it was uh, Abraham that described us as being, um, fragments.
1: Yes, frag- yes. Isn't that
0: the word they use? I think uh, yeah, uh, that we're the frag- fragments so. of sorts. Yes,
1: right. I've always loved that.
0: And I kind of take it a step further because I've given quite a bit of thought to it. And I realize that, like you described earlier, um, like I have life, but my body has life and my individual cells. I have like trillions of cells. And my, each of those cells has life and each one of them has perspective and each one of them has this ability. And then the earth has this ability and all objects have this ability and everything everywhere has this ability. And I, as I think about that, I realize that's pretty impressive, because no matter how large or how small the fragment is, it has the same amount of God power, so to yes.
1: speak. Yes. Yes, in its own realm, it is God. Absolutely, yeah.
0: Which, which is fascinating. I mean, yeah. fr- first of all, because wow, that's pretty source energy is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it really, I mean, to have that ability, yeah. no matter how large or small the fragment is, to have basically everything in that fragment
1: yeah, could be the tiniest. It could a, be a single
0: you know, dot of fragment. It could be nothing in terms of size, but it doesn't matter.
1: No, it doesn't matter. And and what I love is the analogy of an acorn. An acorn is an oak tree. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It just looks different.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: you know, and, and if we just look at it, but everything that, it, it, that an acorn needs to be an acorn, an oak tree is in the acorn. It just needs some soil conditions and water and sunlight and stuff. It needs to collaborate with the earth. This is us. We get to yes. do the same thing.
0: All the same information in both things. And that's what makes them both part of the same thing.
1: The version of you that has everything you want and isn't hooked on, you know, CNN or whatever. um, (laughs) That that version of you is as possible as any other version of you. You just have to choose to be that.
0: Okay. So since we're really out in the woo woo area here of this whole (laughs) conversation, (laughs) I got to ask you this. Quantum physics and so forth, they love to talk about the concept of the multiverse. Uh-huh. That for every single possibility, for every single event, there are an infinite number of alternatives, and and there's this constant multiverse that's expanding in an you know an infinite number of directions all at the same time, playing out all the different yes. possibilities. Um, I presume from what you're saying that you you kind of buy into that idea. Do you ever do. think about that and ask yourself, how do I, how do I even deal with that one because it's so mind boggling that my brain can't handle it?
1: I don't have to handle it. I just have to choose the one that feels the most delicious and collapse the universe around that.
2: Ah, collapse okay. the field
1: around that, right? So so there is this, um, my friend Lisa Marie Hayes has a, a brilliant, I, the words around it. And she said that you imprint on the field, right? So this is your observation.
2: Mm-hmm. So you, you
1: decide what you want to be. You decide how you want something to end up. You decide, you choose a thought, basically. You make an intention, mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. then you collapse around it, so you stop looking at any other options. That's what intending is. You stop looking at getting distracted with what else might be out. You just collapse, and your field will collapse. It's this is observation. Quantum physics says when you observe some the the particle, it it becomes what you know. That's when it becomes the particle. Schrödinger's mm-hmm. cat. So. It is that's what, and then you conform. Then you start acting as if your um, your intention is inevitable, and that's what we do. That's conscious creation, and it's simply the the multiverse thing and quantum physics is affirming conscious creation. It's not taking the woo out of it. It's basically saying, yeah, woo is where it's at.
0: Yes, that's true. That's very true. In fact, I think it was uh, Niels Bohr, who was one of the early quantum physicists and the, one of the early earlier creators of, of the model of the atom and so forth, um, made the observation that um, if, if you learn and believe you understand quantum physics, then you really don't understand quantum physics at all.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. And you know,
1: we don't have to understand it. We just have to keep focusing on what we want. This is what law of attraction has said from the beginning. But it is that thing. It is that deciding, imprinting it on your – I that's why I work with houses, right? When I work with your nest. I work with your immediate mm-hmm. environment because your brain will believe what it sees. So mm-hmm. when you see evidence of who you're becoming in your current environment, you're – it helps with the focus. It helps with the intention. It reminds you. It's a, it's a literal reminder and your brain goes, Oh, that's who we are now. Okay. <laughs> right. And then everything then the universe, this is how it works. The field will collapse. So yeah, it's, it is a, I love the idea that all potential is available to us. Um, and this taps back into the beginning of the conversation when we are threatened with a disaster, remembering that Parties are available to us. Which one will you choose? Which one will you aim for? You may have to course correct and change and, you know, do all the things that that the current circumstances demand of you. But if you stay in the beingness of somebody who has decided that they will ride this out or they will have a fabulous dinner party story to tell at some point, (laughs) right? I mean, whatever this happens to be um this is how we this is how we thrive as opposed to survive
0: i think the uh, the part that still um amazes that's not even the right word it it grabs my attention every time let's put it that way is not just the realization that we have the choice but that the choice actually matters
1: yeah so much so much
0: it's probably, I think it's probably the source of, of where all the confusion about how to apply law of attraction comes from. The, the belief that I, my my decision really does make a difference.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: My decision really does change my life. It does change my experience. It does change everything about it. Yeah. That, that's, especially with, when we're trained in the opposite direction, that's quite a thing to think about.
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's the absolute antithesis of the industrial complex. The oh, completely. Of. Yeah, so because they don't want us to think for ourselves. They don't want us getting off after some desire, right? They want us, they want us conforming to what they see. So they keep imprinting. They imprint by media. They imprint by um, advertisements. They imprint by uh, billboards and all this sort of stuff. They just keep hammering home this thing that we are helpless. Um, and the greatest rebellion will come from not believing that.
0: I never thought of myself as that much of a revolutionary.
1: You are too. You are absolutely absolutely.
0: It's you funny know, too because I mean I think most people when they're young to some degree they want to be revolutionary in some sense.
1: That's the that's the that's the job of young humans.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's a good job. Um but when we actually get there, it's a bit of a shock. <laughs> You know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's also, um, we, I, I, I love that it's the misfits and the avant-garde and the people who rebel that move humanity forward. And I'm hoping that at some point we won't keep bashing them for being misfits and avant-garde and rebellious. Right? Because yeah. it is them that make us, make humans what they are. It, it's the guy who says, hey, you know, the, the earth doesn't actually, you know, the sun doesn't revolve around the earth. We are not the center of the universe. Um, and you know, the guy that says, there's a reason an apple falls. And there's a guy that says, I can prove mathematically that this thing will happen and we can fly when we're heavier than, you know, air. And these are the people. These are them. And, and yet the critics will come and say, stay safe, stay safe, stay small. Don't believe them, whatever you do. And then at some point we all go, oh, yeah, that that's, makes sense.
0: My, my favorite phrase that describes that in a nutshell is, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And there's the other side of that story. You had the power all along.
0: Yes, yeah. that, which is, that, I mean, the, the allusion there is to the, the movie and originally the book, The Wizard of Oz, which is exactly what the characters learn in that book.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
0: precisely what the story of the, the first book in, in, the, in the Oz series was about.
1: Yes, About exactly. learning
0: that you have the power.
1: Exactly. All you need <laughs> is a fabulous pair of shoes. Awesome. That's
0: right. <laughs> 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 and a witch's broomstick does help, you know. But.
2: <laughs> yeah, true. True. I have one of those too. <laughs>
0: yeah, one of
1: those two. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing the green skin though. So yes. No,
0: so, yeah, I, mean, I that bring oh yeah, what Margaret Hamilton went through. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it, uh, well I mean the guy talking about that movie, the guy who um initially was going to play the Tin Man ended up hospitalized because of the silver paint they That's put on right. him. Yeah. And he yeah. didn't get the he didn't get to play the part after all.
0: No, he didn't. Oh. Mm-hmm. But he did get to be part of the Beverly Hillbillies, so that was a good thing. That's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: It's amazing how this stuff works. Um, mm. the other thing that's really interesting about The Wizard of Oz that I think about occasionally is how, for me, it was a traumatic event watching the movie because I first saw it when I was five or six and, uh, The Wicked Witch, um, featured Every time that we saw it on our little black and white television, she featured in my dream that night.
2: Oh. And it,
0: it was, it was terrifying. Of course. Um, and then over time you grow up and you learn how, you know, what, what the difference is between the reality and the fiction and so forth. But,
2: the but you also, is still embedded.
0: The, the, the feeling is still very deeply embedded. And, and then you get to the point somewhere in your orbit where you learn to unroot that feeling. How yes. to dig at it and get it out and get it out of the way. And, and that's to me is the other message, so to speak, of the Wizard of Oz of getting, getting those old preconceptions out of your way. So you can start believing that yes, I really do believe I can go home whenever I want to. All I have to do is click my heels together, whatever the dream is. It doesn't matter. That's the dream in that mm-hmm. particular story, but I can really get there. I can really do it. It really is in my power hmm So when the secret comes out, for instance, we we were told we had power that had, we had never been told before. Like you said, there are all these forces telling us, you know, no, oh, no, no, keep your head down. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. You the power is out. Uh, you know, you have the, these big powers are, are controlling everything. We are here to keep you safe. All that kind of messaging going on in a variety of different ways. And then along comes the message that says, <laughs> guess what you have. You, you've been standing at the tiller all this time.
2: Yes.
1: Oh my god! Yeah.
0: <laughs> how did I not crash the car?
1: <laughs> it's both exhilarating and terrifying. It is exactly
0: um, that's the point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and it's there again. Is you choose how you want to be. Do you mm-hmm. do you sit back and go, no, I don't believe this, or do you go, hey, let's see what happens if we scoot the tiller over this way?
2: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah,
1: you know, it's 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 very cool. Very and, cool. But, I love. This and song.
0: it's also it, it, it's. This is where English starts to fail me. I, I, I'm reaching for words, and there are no words to describe this this piece, so I have to kind of make it up. There is the piece of me who says, I have discovered this tiller. I'm aware of the tiller. I know other people have found the tiller, and they've turned the tiller down, and the tiller continues to rule their lives anyway. Mm-hmm. So you have all these people who have rejected law of attraction, they rejected the energetic realm, all that kind of stuff, and it still governs them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they choose to step back in the matrix. It's, yeah. it's simply that their the brains overrode, the, the safety mechanism overrode everything. That's oh, that's you know. a good way
0: to describe it, yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah
2: and, it, it takes, and that actually
0: becomes part of my experience, too, because I see them. You mm-hmm. see them. We all see them. You know, those those of us in this perspective, this circle, see what they're going through. And there's like the piece of us that piece of us that wants to say, uh, by the way, that's happening for a reason. <laughs> you know? Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. Yeah. But, and, you know, but by the same why... token,
0: we learn. We also learn it really doesn't pay to do that unless they're ready to mm-hmm. hear the message. And, and it's it's a mm-hmm. push me pull you kind of a feeling.
2: Yeah. You know, you're
0: constantly seeing it. You can. Like, I, I was noticing it particularly with COVID lately. Lately, I've been really noticing how the placebo nocebo effect have played a major role that is completely unnoticed by the medical establishment. And I'm thinking, but guys, law of attraction, it's actually telling you this is why, why it's all kind of building up and so forth. And, and it's just pointless to bring it up because there's just mm-hmm. not enough space to hear it.
1: No, because you can't be loud enough or often enough. No. Right, you know, you just have to keep holding your space, yeah. and then you keep holding your space. More people will notice. Um, yeah, because they see
0: you; they see what you're experiencing, or at least they can mm-hmm. see their perception of what you're what you're experiencing.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: and you know, it, it's such an interesting thing. Um, we forget the power of modeling um, mm. our of beingness of who we are. Um, when I when my kids, my daughter was about 15 16 or something she had a friend whose parents were having a a really rough time and she needed a safe place to be for a few weeks so she came to live at our house um she was with us for about 10 days and i remember her sitting at the dining dining room table for dinner that night absolutely quiet but kind of in a a shell-shocked um you could almost hear the twilight zone (laughs) 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 so I didn't push her because she was really tender at the time. We are still, I mean, she and my daughter are still amazingly good friends. And she said later that she had never seen a family behave like we did around the dining room table, wow. except on television. She said oh it was like God. she'd landed in the set of Beaver, Leave it to Beaver. right? She, <laughs> she, just, she had never seen a marriage like my husband and I where we, we still sort of had a quick hug in the kitchen or we would hold hands watching TV. She'd never seen that. And she'd never been at a dinner table where people didn't fight and bicker.
2: Mm, wow. And yeah. so,
1: But what's so interesting is none of us were modeling that for her deliberately. Right. It's just how we be. And so – I see this often because when I go out, I am like dressed to the nines. You've probably guessed, but I mean, I'm like, seriously, I, it, it was
0: a first thought, actually.
1: <laughs> I am invariably overdressed and I love it. And I will also be deliberately stand outy, which is my way of saying that I am, I, am not here to blend into the scenery.
0: Yes. I was what
1: happens that. <laughs> then though, is that I see this, I become a walking commission slip. I will have so many women my kind of age who go, you know, seeing you, I've got these really cool earrings that I only save for parties. I'm going to wear them tomorrow. Or they'll say, I have, you know, there's a lovely saying that says, life is short, you need to wear your party pants. So this is how I live. And whenever I'm being that unabashedly, people, it'll trigger something that, that is, that'll, they'll remember something else and remember something else and remember something else. And then suddenly I'm the thing that goes, hey, you can do this. And so, you know, we don't know when somebody will listen to one of these episodes and go, oh, yeah, this is like the 20th time I've heard this. I can maybe consider it, yeah? So we just oh, have to yeah. keep being the fragment of all of that is that we are keep doing what we're doing and that's because if we resist them, that's where the energy goes. We rather have to put the energy back on doing being as we do. And so that's, that's the key.
0: It's a great reminder too, about just how powerful we are by not trying to be powerful.
1: Yes. Yeah. And we're not trying, I, I posted on Facebook. I'm not trying to be an influencer. I'm trying to get people to be less influenced.
0: Ooh, oh, I like that. That's really good.
1: That's oh, my. That's very my goal. nice. That's my goal. Um, so yes, and and I'm gonna do a shameless plug. I am currently doing one hour for an experiment. I'm doing one hour sessions around this. so if anybody wants to hit me up, be fun. yeah.
0: Oh, oh okay. how do they take advantage if they want to do that?
1: Get hold of uh, Google. Jacqueline Gates. Um, Jacqueline at JacquelineGates.com will get you to me. get me on my email. Um, Jacqueline at Jacqueline-Gates.com, and uh, and yeah, and we'll I'll just have a quick conversation via email, and we'll see if we're a fit. And I would love to talk to that, because I think the less, the more we turn up the volume of our inner guidance and turn down the outside noise, the better off the entirety of humanity will be.
0: No doubt about that. I could also say that the, uh, the more that we increase the, the noise that Jackie Gates shares on the program, the better the show is. This show is way better off. So seriously, thank you very much. Really, really appreciate it. And while we,
2: so
0: while we dearly miss having Cindy this week. Boy, you fill in the gap beautifully. <laughs> you really thank do. Thank you.
2: Thank
1: you. <laughs> and it's fabulous shoes to fill, but we fill them. And and yes, and we'll see her next week.
0: That's right. Again? She'll be filling her own shoes next week. Which is <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right.
1: Lovely conversation, Walt. Thank you.
0: Thank you to all of the uh, people in the live stream. And looking forward to uh, joining us on uh, Monday when Bob Doyle is here. In the meantime, thank you to podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time. You're on LOA today. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye, everybody.